We are back. It is Let's Get Spiritual, and man, do we have a topic today leading up into my favorite time of year, Brother T. Mm-hmm. It's Easter. Yes, it is. Easter yes, is, is coming soon. I know you're excited because you being the pastor and all, right. that's a big day in it's church. It's a big, big day. We're excited. Having We're half a dozen excited. services? Uh, not, no, not quite a half a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a big day. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I, I was hoping I would be preaching somewhere this year on uh, Easter. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Mm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to move a message uh, next week. I'm up at Navarre. First Baptist Church oh, up around wow. Lake Telco, Tennessee. Okay. And uh, I'm going to preach John 14. Ah, uh, that'll be good. I love that text. Yes, that'll be good. Love that text. That'll so uh, that, that'd be the closest. I think the next week is Palm Sunday mm-hmm. and then Easter coming up. And so I guess right. my wife and I will be a regular church goer on that day, wear our bright wow. colors and <laughs> head to church. I loved it as a kid because we didn't have many new clothes, but my family was very religious huh. and... Uh, so I'd get new clothes at Easter. Oh. My favorite, I remember Brother T, is growing up, I had one, a suit. Mm-hmm. Son, I, you know what a June bug looks like? <laughs> <laughs> you know how a June yes. bug's that iridescent, yes. green, blue, uh-huh. and just somehow a little uh-huh. red pops yeah. through? Yeah. My suit wow. was made in a material that when it turned, it was like a chrome illusion NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, according to how you turned right, into right. the sun, uh-huh. that was, I was so proud of that Did you suit. look like a game show host? I, yeah, <laughs> like a seven-year-old game show host. Wink Martindale, brother. Yeah, I was a Wink Martindale at seven years old. I just remember, uh, of all the clothes I've ever owned, I remember that little suit. I mean, sweet. that, uh, I don't know where we got it, I don't know how I got it, but I was proud, son. I went walking in church like a peacock. <laughs> You looked a little bit I did look like a peacock. A peacock would have been envious. <laughs> but I've always, uh, I've always kind of dressed in bright colors on Easter. I don't uh-huh. know why, but that's just my childhood. That's a dig- that's a digression <laughs> for sure. But I do love, I do love Easter. Uh-huh. So uh, we're going to start a, kind of a three parter here. Mm-hmm. That's going to lead us up through Easter. We're going to begin with with the thought of the cross today. Right. Not only the cross of Jesus, but our cross. As well, which mm-hmm. also just is a is a topic that I love to talk about, and I and I know that uh, we're going to get into some areas where you've actually been studying for a book. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. a series of Bible studies coming up at my old church, Dallas Bay, on Wednesday nights that I'll mm-hmm. be talking about as well. So uh, we'll work into that. But really, the, the, the first the first question: If Jesus bore a cross. Are we also called to bear his cross? Or whose cross do we bear? I know the Bible talks about bearing a cross. And, and let's just talk about this whole idea of what a cross is like. So let's just, just the question. Whose cross do we bear? Right. Well, we, I mean, the Bible talks about, and we had talked before we even began to record, uh, that each of the synoptic gospels, Jesus mentions uh, that we are to bear our cross. Uh, you know, we said in Matthew ten thirty eight, and he who does not take his cross and follow me after me is not worthy of me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think just to kick it off, we need to figure out what's the difference between a burden and, and a cross. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so I, I've heard people, uh, Dr. Mm. D, say, you know, my parking space 
Uh, I didn't get it close enough to the front of the church. Man, what a cross to bear. Yeah. You know, or my arthritis is my cross to bear. Yeah. You know, and is that what we're talking about? Yeah, I've heard other people in uh, particularly, it just so happens that churches, congregations probably, I don't mine always was, about 60% female and about Mm -hmm. 40% male. Mm -hmm. And so I often hear from a wife or a a lady that uh, my husband just, he doesn't want me to go to church. He doesn't mm-hmm. come to church with me. That's just my cross to bear. Right. And right. oftentimes that's that's how that term is used, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. think you're right. So is that what really the Bible's talking about when it comes to a cross? Yeah, I don't think so. You know, it is unique that, um, and I know you remember this passage of Scripture in Matthew 27, 32. It says, Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. The cross of Jesus. Yeah. That's literally, you know, yeah. he literally bared the so cross. So there of was Jesus. somebody who did bear the cross yes. of Jesus. Yes, there was. Yeah, but not all of us. <laughs> not all of us. No, no. <laughs> so if, if only one person was called on to bear the cross of Jesus, and uh, we'll talk about what, what that means in a moment as well, mm-hmm. but uh, that's only one person. Right. We are not, we're not called to carry the cross of Jesus. Right. And I, um, I've said a lot of times over the years while preaching on this topic, the Jesus cross is too heavy for us to bear. Even Jesus fell under the weight of his cross. Mm, mm, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So if Jesus had difficulty carrying his cross to the top of the hill, mm-hmm. we certainly can't even take a foot with it on our back. So well, it's not yeah, ours. Yeah. That's true. Very true. So what kind of cross did Jesus bear? You talking about literally what kind of cross did Jesus bear? Yes, <laughs> and then symbolically, what kind of cross did Jesus bear? Yeah, let's start with the literal cross. You know, that both Jesus of you bore. and I have been to Israel several times, and uh, I was doing a little remembering the Via del Rosa this morning, the way of suffering, the way of suffering. You know, and uh, the fourteen stations of the cross. Um, they take you down those roads, yeah. and. And if I remember, Dr. D, only two of those are actually in the Bible. Uh, but they're quite unique. Yeah. You know, one is just fanciful. Uh, a lady by the name of uh, Veronica, I think is her name, yeah. um, handed him a cloth to wipe his brow or whatever, or wiped his brow. And then, and, and, yeah, and now. Had the imprint of his exactly, face on the cloth. Exactly. Yeah, I have yeah. to, I believe that one. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I think the cloth looked like your Easter suit. Seven, that's what I, I bet it glowed. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, one of my, I think. I don't know if you agree with this or not, but the one that's pretty close to correct is where it all began. Yes. As he stood before Pilate. Yes, that one. You know, you go into that area. That's just a cool place. That's a neat place. It's got some things engraved and all around that they can trace way Mm -hmm. back as to commemorating that moment. Right. I think that one is, and I think when Simon uh, took the cross, you know, uh, that one is. Maybe not the exact spot. Yeah, but but that happened. It happened, right. Tell me about the one that we both really like, though. And it's, there's a spot as you turn a corner <laughs> walking through Jerusalem yes, yes. Uh, on the Via Dolorosa, that the traditional Via Dolorosa, mm-hmm. is that there is a cornerstone on a building that seems to have the imprint of a hand. Mm-hmm. And people will say, pilgrims will say, this is where Jesus stumbled with the weight of his cross and caught himself right. on that stone. And there's the imprint of his hand. Yes. So uh, 
neither of us believe it, but what did both of us do? I've touched that place. I put my hand there every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> I'm just thinking, just in case yeah. it was. <laughs> I was going like to. that building was actually there back then. <laughs> you know, there's one other place. This is totally off the subject, but uh, when we go, because I'm hoping and praying that still I'm able to go this December. Right. And I have a trip Israel. in January. Yeah, yours is mm-hmm. closely on the hills of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. The other place that I know for sure that Jesus stood, as you go to Nazareth, mm-hmm. uh, you know that when he went back to his hometown, the people took him out on this on a prep- precipice yes. Yes. to push him off a cliff. Right. And when you look around, this is really like the only place the that only, that could uh-huh. happen. Right. And so I just remember walking up to the edge mm-hmm. of that and thinking, this is where Jesus stood. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I mean, yes. just cold chills. It really is. Cold chills. I, I love that place. I do too. I do. It's a little, just a little park mm-hmm. on top of a hill, mm-hmm. a little commemorative plaque. And right, right. then mm-hmm. a lot of empty water bottles and Coke bottles mm-hmm. and all that. I just hate the way <laughs> that people desecrate that site. But still, yeah. it, it is, it's a cool place. Right. You pretty much know that that's where Jesus yeah. stood. And the reason I think we know a little bit about the Via Dolorosa is because of Sandy Patty. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, sing I, it for us, Dr. I, D. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't learn Latin or anything. I just learned it from Sandy. <laughs> I can't hit those high notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. So what kind of cross literally then did Jesus Well, bear? you know, the cross uh, was not uh, conceptualized by the Romans. They, the Romans did the cross like they did everything. They took it into their empire mm-hmm. and modified it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, that was just their way. They did that with religions. They right. would absorb religions and modify them and that sort of thing. But I think, if I remember from my seminary days, that the cross originated probably in Phoenicia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, as some people believe, that the uh, cross of Jesus was a single stake in the ground. Mm. And criminals and enemies and traitors and those sorts of things would be uh, tied upright with their hands behind them, tied around the body uh, on this stake. And then they would literally pour uh, usually honey or some sweet substance on them. Mm-hmm. And the death came by really of a lo- slow, agonizing, starving, but also while alive, being eaten by bugs and animals. Right, right. It was just horrific. And that's why the pictures that we see are not really accurate uh, because they have them way off the ground. Yes. But uh, historically, they were much closer much to the ground. Much closer to the ground. And that that's where it became then several... S- I hate to call them civilizations that mm-hmm. use crosses because it's so uncivilized, but mm-hmm. uh, they do. Several uh, adopted because they saw it as such a great deterrent mm-hmm. to crime or treason, mm-hmm. enemies, that sort of thing. Because not only was it painful and it was a capital punishment, you'd eventually die of it, but it was also very public and humiliating. Right. Mm-hmm. No matter what society it was, they would never do a cross mm-hmm. in. Uh, in, in, a, in a dark alley somewhere. Mm-hmm. It was on a very prominent place. And that's mm-hmm. what we talk... When we talk about it being lifted up, mm-hmm. that's what we mean, a right. high place. Exactly. Because they wanted passerbys to see it and mm-hmm. say, if you mess up, this is you, mm-hmm. right? So it's it was... It's like publicly televising a, a some sort of mm-hmm. hanging mm-hmm. or electric chair or something right. like that. You, you yeah. want people to see it happen. Yeah. Well, and again, I don't think either one of us believe Jesus died on a stake. I, I believe... With all my heart, that he had a cross beam, yes, and that his hands were nailed to that cross, yes, and uh, nails plural in the book of John, yeah, and uh, and so, but it was a death of uh, suffocation, intense. Can you imagine the intense pain around the the nerve endings in your hands and in your feet, and and um, and then even before that, Doctor D, getting whipped. 
with a cat of nine tails. Yeah. Uh, just just lifting your skin off your body. Yeah. And and all of that. Isaiah said that his beard was plucked. Yeah. And, you know, just what a scene. Muscle cramps and spasms. And they would hit him and say, "Who hit you?" Yeah. You know, if yeah. your God tells who yeah, hit just, you and uh, hit mocking him, him, blinded and um, yeah. I, Jesus and his cross was actually worse than most because most people just sent to the cross. Mm-hmm. But uh, he spent a night uh, of sleeplessness beginning in the garden mm-hmm. uh, and then several mock trials mm-hmm. that took place and then the standing before Herod, standing right. before Pilate, and then uh, Pilate hoping to avoid crucifying Jesus, mm-hmm. beat him to within an inch of his life, mm-hmm. thinking if I show this to them, they'll be satisfied. Mm-hmm. They still cried out, crucify him. Mm-hmm. So that whole cat of nine tails that he that his back was lashed with would have exposed his muscle and bone underneath wow. his back. And now you lay that against an old wooden cross mm-hmm. that probably, um, and here's what I believe, and I'm not sure that any of us can prove it for sure, but I think that the upright stayed in the ground, mm-hmm. securely fastened in the ground, and what mm-hmm. Jesus would have carried would have been the cross beam that was set down mm-hmm. on the cross. And uh, yeah. so so that might have been new or might have been used, but certainly there was already a blood-soaked cross mm. up there yeah. with splendors and rough and, and, and dried in the sun mm-hmm. and horrible. And that's you think about having a sore or right. a, yeah. a burn or a cut mm. that's being misused and abused. Mm-hmm. That, that's what Jesus felt on his back the entire time, which mm-hmm. was the least of his worries, but yes. it added to everything that Jesus went through. Right, Doc, I, I remember when I, I grew up in East Lake, and uh, when I was in the sixth grade, it tells you how long ago this was, they showed a movie in our auditorium about the cross and yeah. about Jesus in the sixth grade when I was in public school. And I remember I was on the very back row. I'll never forget this, man. And uh, I, I didn't want to cry in front of everyone. But I remember sitting back there mm-hmm. and, and just shedding tears mm-hmm. and saying, get off. Yeah. Whip them and get back on there. Yeah. I never will forget yeah. that. I'm so glad he didn't. I know. <laughs> I know. But I remember saying that. I remember those tears so many years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't think they would show that in a public school now. No, uh, uh, I had a similar experience right after Marilyn and I got married. I was mid twenties, mm-hmm. and uh, our church never did a passion play or anything like that. Never had. Uh, I don't know why, but never did. But she and I had friends who went to a local Baptist church here mm-hmm. as Bayside Baptist Church. Mm, yeah. And uh, so we went to their passion play, and actually we're sitting up in the balcony. We we weren't able to get close, but right. we had a great view sitting in the balcony. And um, in the midst of it, they brought Jesus down the center aisle, mm. and the Roman soldiers, they had really good costumes. They mm-hmm. did a good job. And they were beating his back, and uh, a, a very unexpected, I just burst out in tears. Mm. I did, I'm just mm. in a moment, not thinking about right, it, but right. I'd never seen it. Yeah in person, visibly portrayed portrayed Mm. what he went through. And it just got the best of me Mm -hmm. uh, at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So um, we did that, you know, several times over the course of years at the church I pastored, but nothing ever had the uh, impact at that one time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it it, it broke my heart. Yeah. And still breaks my heart. It does, and it should. Yes. Um, Because there's quite a quite a price he paid for us. So, yeah, he uh, the, the, the cross he bore was a literal wooden heavy cross. Mm-hmm. He was not the only person, certainly thousands had died mm-hmm. on crosses. Probably others died on the very same cross right. that he died upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. unique about that, mm-hmm. but the purpose of that cross was unique and how he spoke of a cross, because he spoke of crosses 
long before uh, he ever even announced to them that he would be dying on the cross. <clears throat> when when he was talking to his disciples, the people that were following him, I'll go back in Luke 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made that famous comment about, if you're to follow after me, you must pick up your cross daily and follow after right. me, right? Mm-hmm. So think about that. I mean, that was before those people even listening knew that he was dying mm-hmm. on a cross and he wasn't even talking about his own death. So the cross had other meanings besides just his death. And I don't think you and I disagree on this, but we look at it from a couple of different perspectives mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what it means when we pick up our cross and what Jesus talked about a cross uh, in in the gospel. So uh, I'm going to share mine and you share okay. yours. How's that? Okay, sounds good. So... When Jesus, long before his cross-bearing time, when he died on Calvary, um, would talk to the people following after him about picking up their own cross, I take that and project it against the statement that Jesus makes while he's in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane Mm -hmm. uh, before he died. And he said, um, for this purpose I came. Speaking of the cross, so... In, in the garden, when he is about to be betrayed and handed over to the guards, by the way, those guards are temple guards, not mm-hmm. Roman guards, mm-hmm. to the temple guards. And uh, he, he begins to pray to the Heavenly Father, uh, if there's any way that I can avoid taking this cup, drinking from this cup, mm-hmm. you know, let this cup pass from me, mm-hmm. but not my will, your will be done. Right, All that's right. going on. So what he's now doing is he is associating his purpose. He said, for this purpose I came to the earth mm-hmm. with his cross. And I think right. that we can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. When the Bible talks about us every day picking up our cross, I think he's saying to us every day, find and do your purpose in my kingdom. Yeah. I've gifted you. Mm-hmm. I've given you experiences. Mm-hmm. I've given you talents. I've placed you in the right environment at the right time. Now, what you are to do is to do your purpose Every day. I mm-hmm. think it's difficult mm-hmm. for us to say, uh, the Bible does say that we die daily. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. the aspect of the cross. But wh- how does that act out? Mm-hmm. What What does that mean? It doesn't mean that, you know, every day we get planted in the ground, that we lay yeah. in a coffin, that, right. you know, they embalm us or whatever those things about death are there. Mm-hmm. I think it means that we die to our own self-motivation, I die to our own self-gratification, and we are picking up the cross that God gave us to enhance, to grow, to edify the church, to do all the things that God created us to do. For this purpose, Mm -hmm. we came into the world, right? right. So I I identify, and and I'm going to speak to it a little bit more after you do your part, our our cross with our purpose in life that's been given to us by God so so that we really get up every day and think, hey, my life means something. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. I think that's uh, beautifully said. Um, I'll just piggyback that and say that uh, the cross was so familiar to them back in that day. Yep. They knew that it was an instrument of death, uh, very familiar to them. And, and I would say that, um, and, and I've got it here in my notes, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, he said this, when Christ calls a man, he calls him to follow him to a cross and die. You know, And... Um, I believe with all my heart that when we are to carry our cross, that that we wake up. We do wake up uh, realizing that uh, that we follow Christ. And it might lead, uh, you know, here in the Western world, 
it's hard for us to understand that. Now, listen, it's getting a little easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> getting a little easier really to understand true. that. That's true. But uh, really just here in the West, anywhere else in this world, I think people wake up understanding that they could die for Christ mm-hmm. and that they have to be willing to die. And so we can't be half-hearted and ho-hum, uh, you know, mamby-pamby. We've got to be sold out mm-hmm. the whole route. <clears throat> Um, from the radiator to the tailpipe, just mm-hmm. sold out for Jesus, mm-hmm. and and that absoluteness of following Him, that commitment, you know, that that's what I've always looked at, Doc, as as picking up our cross mm-hmm. and being worthy of Him. Mm-hmm. You know, it says that in one of the Synoptic Gospels, being worthy of Him, right. and and so just um, being willing uh, to, to die for Jesus, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> when you get to the book of Revelation, it says the way that you defeat the enemy is that you don't love your life, mm. you know? Yeah. And they, they didn't love their life unto death, right? right? Yeah. The witness of mm, their testimony good. and the blood yeah. of the lamb and that sort of thing. And I think that's, exa- and I think those, those two views are mm-hmm. coming at the same thing, looking mm-hmm. at them differently. Right. They're symbiotic while mm-hmm. they're not just the same. They yeah. work together. Yeah. And, uh, one of the instances that I remember when, uh, because I've spoken on that subject a lot because it really hit me when I began to understand that's what I saw the cross as. I was in a, I hate to even say, I think it was Peru, but mm-hmm. it, was an, it was a country where we were doing a missionary retreat. And oftentimes after I would speak, uh, there would be missionaries who would want to meet with me privately over mm-hmm. a cup of coffee or something mm-hmm. and talk. And uh, this guy uh, who was, a, a, if I remember, it was either Detroit or Chicago, but it was a northern city. He was a cop, had been a cop. Mm-hmm. When God called him to, into mission work, and it was he wasn't Southern Baptist, he wasn't even Baptist. It, it, it was something we would consider as a more liturgical type thing. Mm-hmm. So he answered to a bishop um, oh. back, and uh, he just sat down and he said, "You know, um, he my, my bishop makes it so hard. I have all these great ideas about how to minister to these people down here, mm-hmm. and." Um, the, I would talk to my boss, who was the bishop, and he said he literally cussed me mm. and say, "You do what I tell you to do. I'm not. We've not sent you down there to come up with new ideas and all. You go by this." And he said, "I am so conflicted." Wow. And he said, "How do I deal with this?" And mm-hmm. th- this is this is kind of when the Lord gave me this. I said, "You know." Your cross that you're to pick up every day mm. is your purpose. Why are you here? Yeah, that's good. And he said, he said, I am to minister to these people, share the mm-hmm. love of God with them. Mm-hmm. I said, that's exactly right. That's, that's good. That's your purpose. I mm-hmm. said, let me tell you what the other thing is. Here's what's your mistake, because he was wanting to throw it all away. Mm-hmm. He said, um, but but what about my boss? I said, there's a difference between a cross and a burden. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we get to the New Testament, 1 Peter 5, 7, he says that the cross is one thing and a burden is another, that we are to take our burdens mm-hmm. and cast them on Jesus right. because he what cares for yes, us. Yes. So I said, here's, here's what's happening, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're mistaken, you're crossing your burden. Your cross is your purpose. Your cross is your mission. Mm-hmm. Now, your burden... Mm-hmm. Your burden is your boss. Yes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, here's what a burden yeah. is, in my opinion, uh-huh. Brother T. A burden is anything that makes it difficult to carry your cross. Mm, that's good. Okay? Yeah. Like so that. here's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. You're to take the burden mm-hmm. and give it to Jesus because he cares for right. you. 
and then you're able to pick up your cross and carry it. Mm, that's good. But you yeah. can't carry your cross and your burden at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. And this is what that guy was trying to do. Yeah. And I said, here, here you're, I told the guy, I said, what you're doing is you're picking up your burden and casting your cross. Mm-hmm. Oh. Cast your burden yeah. and pick up your cross yeah. and follow yeah. after Jesus. I, I mean, yeah. the boy just, you would think he mm. was Pentecostal. <laughs> it hit, I mean, it hit where he was right. and the light just went off. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he found joy again in mm-hmm. what he was doing. I wouldn't tell him to ignore his boss, mm-hmm. but give his boss to Jesus. Right. Jesus, deal with that dude. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jesus is bigger than any bishop. <laughs> But bigger than any pope, yes. Jesus can deal with him. You just do what God called you to do, mm-hmm. and leave and leave the consequences. Mm-hmm. Leave that other guy in, in God's yeah. hands. Yeah. That's that's how that thing came alive to me. You know, one of the psalmists. I can't remember exactly which one of the particular psalms, but the psalmist said that we are to roll it onto Him. Mm-hmm. You know, roll our burden onto Him. Uh, Peter said, "Cast." And yeah. sometimes I'm so weak I can't cast. So That's just, right. Just you just gotta it. roll it yeah. off. <laughs> just roll it off on him, man. And of course, it's a picture of putting yes. a burden that you're carrying your back on a beast of burden. Right. Yes. And and they yeah. walk along beside you. Mm-hmm. And I've always and that's what I said to this guy and. and Everybody I've had the opportunity to speak to again on that subject is mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that your burden is gone. Mm-hmm. It means somebody else carrying the weight mm-hmm. of your burden. Right. You may have to carry that burden. Yeah. So, f- for example, you may have illness in your family. Mm-hmm. You may you may have uh, like like some of the women would say to me, mm-hmm. "My cross is my husband because mm-hmm. he tries to keep me from going to church." He said, "Why are you going to that church? Why are you giving money to that church? That yeah. sort of thing." And I would tell them, that's that's not your cross, that's your burden. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing yeah. that makes carrying your cross difficult. Right. Give that to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You, you can't deal with it. Right. Give it to Jesus. too heavy for you. And also it's distracting you from the cross because you can't carry them both. Mm-hmm. So what is it? Pick up your cross, cast your burden. Don't do the opposite. That's good. We don't, we don't uh, when we check our bags at the airport, we don't take them back. Right. And <laughs> throw them on our shoulder and take Thank them into the airplane. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. They're, they're, they're still there. Right. They're with you, right. and you pick uh-huh. them back up later. But, but no, you're not yes. carrying them while you fly. Yeah, that's true. That's good. That is so, I, you know, that, that's, I think symbolically, mm-hmm. uh, the cross, as Jesus said in the garden, was the, the purpose for which he came. Mm-hmm. But it was a literal cross, too, right. that he. Right. For, yeah. for our sins. But I mean, for our redemption, the Bible says in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Mm. And then the Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, and I love this one, Doc, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's awesome. And so for our redemption, yeah. you know, he shed his blood for yeah. you and for me, for us. The Passover lamb. Yes. Mm. That's what we, uh, that's what's all about during yeah. Easter that's coming up. And um, I, I can't, the whole uh, communion service, mm. Which, quite honestly, as a pastor, uh, it became a burden. Mm. I mean, we had a large church. It's hard to get that many people Mm -hmm. uh, with their communion. (laughs) Uh, But the ones I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. uh, were the ones at Easter and Christmas. Okay. The one I really enjoyed was one at Easter. We Mm -hmm. came together on that Wednesday night, and we had the 
a Lord's Supper. And I, I said, this is as close as we could ever get to the time that Jesus mm-hmm. had the Last Supper with his disciples. That was pointing back to the Passover yeah. when the yes. people left Egypt. But but really what I wanted to say about that is that I, I regret and repent now that it became a burden. Mm-hmm. Because probably no other time is does Jesus call us to look back at his suffering. Right. Then we sit at the table together and mm-hmm. take the bread and the wine and remember his suffering. Well, I, th- I think we put so much pressure as pastors. We want everything just right, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to that time. Um, and yet here during the COVID time, uh, we started doing the little juice and bread and the same thing. It came from the same yeah. Pack. yeah it's, and, it's kind of pasted on the top of right, the juice. Right. Yeah. And people are coming to the table and taking it back to their seat yeah. as opposed to us handing it out. And I don't know, it's just a little easier. And then we talk about the blood and we talk about the body. And uh, yeah. it's to me, it's made it a little easier and a little bit more meaningful. Yeah. Really. I used to love to talk about that at Easter. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it on Christmas Eve. We had two Christmas Eve and, you know, it was just difficult. But they did the same thing. We had right. them. We, we did uh, our, our regular four times a year. We did what we called the pass out Mm -hmm. and that's where you do you you take deacons or Mm -hmm. ushers or whatever and walk to each aisle and let them pass by and they take out the each one but then we would have the drive-by and we would do the drive-by at easter and christmas because the crowds were so large when we did those Mm -hmm. that we would set up four stations and people would come forward and take them and i love that Mm -hmm. and it took a little longer because they'd get up from the chair they have a file through and Mm -hmm. each one then we had to keep them resupplied that kind of thing as people came up but i got to look into their faces when they came i stood on the platform and just smiled at Mm -hmm. people and you know Mm -hmm. gestured at people as they came up and then i stopped and we talked about it Mm -hmm. what do you what do you have in your hand right this is the bread not as your forefathers ate yeah which came out of heaven this bread whoever Mm -hmm. eats this bread what shall live forever and i mean i just it just you that that i i hate it that probably one of the things i regret is i i I go oh I forgot this Sunday's Lord's Supper Sunday. <laughs> that means I got to cut into the message, you know, and yeah, that's yeah. a shame. Right. And I think those yeah. liturgical churches that do it every time they meet, mm-hmm. it can also become rote. But mm-hmm. if they, if if you do it right, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be certain people in that congregation that that day yes. that need that. Yes, I agree. they need to come be reminded of the suffering mm-hmm. of Christ on their behalf. Mm-hmm. I agree. David Brainerd, the great preacher of yesteryear, he used to say that when he would get cold in his faith. Um, when when he would just get so cold, he would get off his horse, even if there was snow. He'd get off his horse and he'd begin to pray, uh, and just the whole time he would think about the cross mm-hmm. and what Jesus did. And he yeah. he would say uh, that he would pray himself warm, thinking about the cross. Yeah, you know? wow. And um, I, I think about that often when I'm thinking about communion. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I, probably it would bring us back closer to Jesus if mm-hmm. we thought about the cross more often. Mm-hmm. That, that's where he showed his love for us the greatest, yes. right? Yes, yes. right. Well, uh, I've got one uh, last question to ask you, and because I, I think this is pertinent. Can we avoid our cross and still believe? Can, can we be Christians and avoid? Now, uh, you, you had the perspective of cross being dying daily for the mm-hmm. Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I took it to that degree where, yes, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but it's to the point where what does that mean to die daily? It means die to self-interest and self-motivation and self-gratification mm-hmm. 
and be about your purpose for which God has created you. Pick up that cross. Mm -hmm. So I think they're both correct looking at it from two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So can a believer live this life and be a Christian and not carry their cross? Well, you know, basically, do you really have the goods is what we're saying. Do you really have the goods, um, but yet uh, avoid from time to time your cross? And and I would say that uh, we're still flesh, you know. We still are going to sin. Yeah. Um, and if we don't think that we sin, then we need to get back into First John. We all sin. <laughs> Every one yeah. of us yeah. sin. And uh, and so uh, yes. You know, I think we can from time to time avoid that cross, but yet still be believers. And, and you know, in that passage, it, it talks about being a disciple, you know, um, when when he mentions that. And again, in the Gospels, um, I'm, I'm trying to find that passage here. Uh, but it talks about being a disciple, mm -hmm. uh, take up your cross and follow me. And because we are human we're not always going to follow. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I know you. I've known you for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I know you're not a perfect man. I am not. Yeah. I'm not, and I, I think also if, if we say that every day that we will pick up our cross, which is what God calls mm -hmm. us to do, and if we don't and then we doubt that we are a Christian or that we have been saved, then mm -hmm. we begin to associate uh, sin with losing our salvation. Now, that's a dangerous mm. place to go. Right. And I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that not picking up your cross is, is a sin. It's a, an omission for certainly something God calls us to do, but it's it's not in the same degree as lying or stealing or all those other mm -hmm. things that you name. But it certainly is not being a faithful follower of mm -hmm. Christ. It shows something about the level of your dedication. But I also have to say that I have not always every day of my Christian life picked up my cross right. and followed after Jesus. I've mm -hmm. done other I've done other things. Although sometimes Jesus pushes my cross in my face. You know, when you want to get <laughs> yeah. away and you don't yeah. want to do it, all of a sudden you're doing it, mm -hmm. you know, because it's something that you just can't avoid. It's a part of who you are. But I, my answer to is, yes, you can be a Christian and not pick up your cross daily, but it's not a very satisfactory life. Mm -hmm. It's not a very fruitful life. Mm -hmm. It's not a very enjoyable Christian life. Right. We all know sourpuss Christians, mm -hmm. and we know way too many of them, mm -hmm. that go, if that's what it means, means to yeah. be a Christian. Yeah. Outsiders go, I'm not sure I want that. Mm -hmm. And um, there's way too many of those, and very many of them are very outspoken. Mm -hmm. But the Bible actually says in 1 Corinthians 3.15, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, and he said, those people who did everything in their life that was not built upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. all that's going to be burned up. Right. It's not going to amount to anything mm -hmm. but kindling. Yet, that person will be saved as of by fire. Yes. My old preacher, where I first got saved I mean, a lot of years ago, used to say that people get into heaven with their coattails on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's one way of looking right, at it. Right. Uh, that doesn't justify it. No. It doesn't say it's the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. It's a very unsatisfactory way to do it, but it's just, it's just reality. Mm -hmm. I agree. A lot of people think we as uh, pastors, we wake up every morning, Dr. D, and while we're eating our Captain Crunch, we hear the Hallelujah Chorus in the background, you know. You don't? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this morning, it was, what's that cereal? Rice Krispies. Yeah, you hear Snap, snap crackle, 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 crackle. Yeah, pop. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> that was your body. <laughs> so when I get up, I hear Snap, Crackle, Pop. Oh, I'm just getting out of bed. <laughs> 
but even we as pastors, and yeah, sometimes yeah. especially we as pastors, um, we we do not do what we should do. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And um, I, I never want anybody to feel, because I really do feel like uh, right now my ministry is a ministry of encouragement to mm-hmm. people. I don't want to put people down. I, I do want to say this, though. Uh, no, you didn't forfeit your salvation because you've not been committed to your purpose or your task in life. Right. I think... I think you would be much happier as a believer, though, if you would. It's not mm-hmm. trying to rain on your parade. Mm-hmm. It's trying to say your parade would be a lot better mm-hmm. if you would be doing what. And that's what I determined when I left the pulpit. Yeah. Um, I, I I did not want to stop doing what I felt God had called yeah. me to do. Right. Just some of the things that I was doing, I wanted to you know take a step back because I knew it was being harmful to me mm-hmm. spiritually and physically and all those other things. And plus, it was God's call in my life in that particular mm-hmm. position was over, and mm-hmm. I knew it. So, but I knew that the gifts of God are not retrieved from you. They are not revoked. Right. They're, they're yours yes. until yes. the day you die. So I wanted to continue using those gifts till I died. And I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. really enjoying uh, yeah. speaking in other places and seeing people's eyes light up and go, oh, I never saw it that way before. Right. Or I thank you for encouraging us mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So I, I, I think that we don't ever retire from that and, mm-hmm. and to fulfill the purpose for our life. I would rather be a fruit-bearing tree than the one that's void of fruit. I mean, you're going to be there one way or another. Why not? Let the fruit grow. Amen, brother. Amen. So I know that we're talking about this whole stuff that's going on about uh, dying to self, and uh, but I, I wanted to let you kind of push up. I know you're working very hard on a book. Mm-hmm. You got a title for it yet? Uh, Death's Door. Death's Door. That's the working title right now, Death's Door. You know, Doc, uh, my dad died November 24th yeah. of last year. Right. And when I was standing there, when he took his last breath, you know, I went through all the things a son would go through. Yeah. Uh, when uh, when he's standing right there holding the hand of his dad. Yeah. Um, and and right after that, however, I began to think, um, what just took place? Um, literally, not just physically, but spiritually, what just took place? And so, uh, several days after that, I began to just do work. And, and I've been working on a book entitled Death's Door mm-hmm. uh, to describe that. I did a Google search, and it was interesting uh, that most of the books talked about what physically took place, even to the point of calling you know, the doctor and calling the hearse or the funeral home and things, uh, but not a whole lot of information out there about what happens spiritually. And so uh, I am beginning to uh, get into the second, third chapters of that. And so it's Good. exciting. I Good. know you've written several books. I have, but, and, you know, every one of them is an adventure. You know, yes. they, they kind of stand on their own. And mm-hmm. um, and I've not really actually written one on that subject. I'm right. looking forward to reading yours. Yes, I'm, when I'm, it, look, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, uh, I'm talking about this whole Easter season about, the death of Christ and being the first fruits of the resurrection and that sort of thing. I have the opportunity to go back to Dallas Bay and doing a four Wednesday night Bible study. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the working title right now is Life After Life. Mm-hmm. And and it's a playoff that second word, the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And and but what is the afterlife? It's not after death mm-hmm. so much because we're believers right. and we'll never suffer the second death. But mm-hmm. so it's life after life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to delve into what it's like after we believe, mm-hmm. because that's when life begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says that if you believe, then you'll never be touched by the second death. Right. There's, right. there's two deaths. 
and then but also go into what is it like in heaven, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. It's entirely different than what most people think. Right. And then we take it a step further into the millennial reign of Christ on the mm-hmm. earth where we are with him. But mm-hmm. there are others on the earth mm-hmm. at that time as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you'll hate this because you don't like that, that that bring things up that are controversial. But when we get into the new heaven and the new earth, mm-hmm. man, something keeps, you know, um, that's the final. That's eternity. Mm-hmm. And that's right. that's the afterlife. Yes. That's the afterlife there. Uh, we're not we're not spiritual beings, and we're not floating on clouds. We're not playing mm-hmm. harps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're living. We're not wearing big diapers. Nope. Oh, okay. okay. We're living. Yeah. We're living yeah. in communities. Right. We're we're living right. with others. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that that tree that disappears at the beginning, of the Bible shows back mm-hmm. up in the last chapter of the mm-hmm. Bible, the tree of life. Right. But it's the fruit <laughs> is the fruit of everlasting life. Yes. But then it's also got leaves. Mm-hmm. Which are for the healing of the nations. nations. nations uh-huh. Who are they? Mm. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, oh Lord, yeah. It is it like Genesis, uh, where you've got your Adam and Eve and the chosen and all that, mm-hmm. and but there's also nations there. Are we ruling nations that aren't? I, I, I mean, I'm just getting into it, son. Mm-hmm. I am so excited about it. Yeah. I'll I might be thrown out of church. <laughs> But I do. I, uh, I, I don't have the constraints I used right. to. Have. I get let. The, I let the Bible now talk for itself. Oh, really? Speak for itself, okay, and because okay. I don't have to worry about. Yeah. Whoops! This is not what Southern Baptists usually right, say. Right? Did you say life after life? That's life what, life like, after you know, life. I think I just changed the title of my book. <laughs> Please, because this is just a four week study. Do it. Do what life you want to do, life, brother. I like that. I, I just. I got plain. I wanted to call yeah. it the afterlife, uh-huh. but but it's life after mm-hmm. life and. Yeah. And it's kind of like okay, we got this life, but then we have the afterlife. Yes, so life yes. after life, yeah. uh, and I'm working on that. And it's and uh, last night I sat down and wrote scriptures that mm-hmm. attain to them. I think I wrote over fifty scriptures down right. that have to do with this subject. So yes. there's not going to be any shortage mm. of um, information. That's great. You know, before the new heavens and the new earth, Mm -hmm. the Bible talks about in the book Isaiah Mm -hmm. that God will create a covering over the city of Jerusalem so that there will not be harmed, Mm -hmm. which means the world has not been remade yet, but still Mm -hmm. suffering the effects of what Mm -hmm. took place in the previous seven years. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's some good stuff. Some deep stuff. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and that's on Wednesday nights. So Wednesday nights. I, the way I do it is I know the last of the Wednesday night is the first Wednesday night in May. So back that up four weeks, somewhere in the middle of April. Okay, okay. Uh, after Easter. Right. For four consecutive Wednesday mm-hmm. nights. I think it's going to be at 6 o'clock at, on at Dallas Bay. So I encourage people who are close sure. by to come. Uh-huh. You all come. You don't have a Wednesday yeah, night I, service, right do you? No, we do not. And so so don't start them until after. <laughs> Invite your people to come to we Dallas could. Bay. Yeah, we could. And we could. Uh, I'm well, I'm really excited about. It. So I'm excited yeah. about your book. Yes. And what what yeah. do you think this year? You might finish I'm hoping. It? I'm hoping. You know, my sister Donna and I, we were there. Yeah. Uh, when my father passed away, when our father passed away, and so every time I finish a little bit of it, I shoot it to her. Yeah. And um and so. Uh, but uh, it's exciting. I'm really, really enjoying that. And along with that, I'm writing a daily devotion. And so, actually, two at you, one time. Are you pr- you producing every day? People on the internet. So what's uh, going no, on? Oh, no. you're actually going to write it in a book form too. Yeah, I'm, yes, yes. Nice. So, mm-hmm. I'm impressed. I'm telling you. <laughs> author. Now we can add author to your wow, name as well as wow, yeah. preacher, pastor, author, doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to continue this discussion. Uh, this is where we got started on the cross. We're going to talk about the burial, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about uh, things like 
because I get this asked all the time. What about cremation? Mm-hmm. What about how did Jesus, should we be buried the way Jesus was buried? Right. Talk about how they prepared his body for burial. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to finish up the last one with resurrection. No, I like that one. Yes. That's cool. First yeah. fruits of the resurrection. So I hope you guys enjoyed our discussion today. Please tell a friend about it. Uh, go over there and subscribe it. Give us a review on whatever podcast platform that you use. We're doing fine, but we've kind of plateaued at a good number, but we mm-hmm. really would like to get it out there because people, uh, we hear people all the time that we don't know the listening, talking about how they love listening to this podcast. So mm-hmm. I think other people would love it too if we can just get out there and we need the help of our listeners to do that. Listen and share. Listen, Listen and, and share. share. Please do that. Well, y'all have a great week and we will talk to you again next week. God bless.